So we hope you enjoy listening to this podcast half as much as we enjoy making it for you. Because we had a ball. Only real content is going to last. All that other nonsense is here today and gone tomorrow. We're basically just going to just kick it right in with just conversation. I'm not going to do like a whole intro. Alrighty. Do you start? Mm-hmm. You start on that? Mm-hmm. All right. Hold on. Welcome, Nikia, <laughs> <laughs> to Navigating Thanks, Now. Guys. It is a pleasure to have you. Um, so I just really wanted to um, kind of get right into it. Um, obviously, you have a very um, impressive resume for for your age. Um, I'd like to say personally, <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> you feel you. about it, but um, um, just because all the experiences that you've had from all over the industry, um, but I'd just like to ask you, um, are you, do you feel like you're doing what you've always felt you were going to be doing from like a younger age? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I never really had, I guess, any like career goals until college like high school um after high school I just like was playing sports just because like I have a twin sister and she was my parents just put me in like the same thing she did so I never really like had any like true aspirations um (laughs) until like college my goal was to work in the media industry and now I don't I actually don't know if that's my goal anymore just because I think I can be more beneficial on um, my own platform. And um, I don't think like corp, the corporate environment is really like the right environment for me per se. Um, I guess similar to how like some people think like, you know, school or college is it for them. I kind of feel very mm-hmm. similar to uh, the corporate aspect, um, especially in terms of media, just because I think there's um, certain things that people can deal with and, I I just don't think that's like a fit, um, even though my entire background is in media. So I think just going forward, there'll be like a little more changes um, in terms of my career. I don't think it's really gonna take the media landscape path, um, right. but we'll see what, what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I was really just asking because I feel like I was even in, in some, the similar space of feeling like I didn't really know what I wanted to do, what industry I wanted to really focus on until I was in college. And it kind of frightened me. And you know, you go to all your family functions and they ask you, what are you gonna be doing? And you draw blanks. And I feel like for a lot of people, that's kind of scary. And they feel like they need to be further along in this point in their life, um, per se, so. Um, I guess that kind of leads me into like kind of my next question of um, just your internship opportunities. Obviously, you've been able to intern at like NBC and VH1 and BET, really cool places. Um, I just want to ask you about like kind of your experience and and how important you felt those experiences were for getting you to where you are now. Yeah, for sure. I think it's like... um easy when you're younger to feel like all this pressure to like make it and do all this stuff and um 
I was listening to a podcast actually about how um, they believe like social media is kind of like the culprit of that or people thinking like they have to like have like a house at 23 or something just because like a youtuber has it or something but i think like it's important to realize like college is very young and 21 22 Mm -hmm. even 25 like there's times where a lot of people like my age will feel like this pressure but it's it's kind of just like um not reality um i think as you're older you kind of understand like you know, maybe your parents were married and had a house at 25. That's just not the reality of life anymore. And that's also okay. Like, I think more people were, you know, excelling in their 30s rather than peaking at 25. And um, I think that's all like a good thing. Um, In terms of internships. Yeah. So um, like I said, it wasn't until college where I really got motivated and invested in my career because that's the first you know, time I saw something I was like really good at and mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, just continue to um, accelerate that path. Um, with internships, the reason I actually got my internship was because I did radio on campus. So I'm always a strong believer of um, doing something in your field on campus and doing a really good job with that because mm-hmm. that sets you apart from every other candidate because, sure. you know, if you're in college and you have your majoring in media and someone else is at, you know, a neighboring college majoring media, the only thing that's really going to set you guys apart is, like, your extracurricular activities. Um, so that's that's a huge thing as to why I got the internships in the first place. Um, and so I think it was kind of, like, I, I want to say luck, too, because uh, I actually didn't do really well in my first internship interview, actually bombed and to this day it was like the worst interview I've ever had but um the internship supervisor like really loved that I did radio and she um could see that I worked really hard on that and I had was doing this show at like 18 like for three hours a week and like I I did never missed a week so I was just like very consistent and like a hard worker and she she saw that luckily um because like I said I, I did awful in the interview um but uh from there I just always made an effort to use the time at school as valuable as possible because I think a lot of times people just think that a degree is going to get them a job and unfortunately that's just not reality especially if you want to work in media entertainment it's very competitive compared to like accounting or something like that so um, I always say like take advantage of the opportunity that you have to intern and um, yeah I think that definitely helped after school because I had had radio plus four internships and that just proved that I was, you know, every semester I really tried to like get a new experience. Um, and I think that really helps after college too. Right. Um, kind of a follow-up question to that. Do you feel like in the internship processes, people looked at your resume to hire you? Do you think that they felt it was more impressive that you had done other internships or that you had done something kind of on your own um, and like ran that? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. Um, yeah, the first internship was definitely um, radio that had got me there. And then mm. I think the second internship, it helped that I, I had, um, my second internship was diversity and inclusion with NBC Universal. And I think what set me apart was that I had worked at BT, which is um, obviously a diverse network. Right. Um, and so I had that relevant experience and 
Yeah, I think it's a mixture. Um, so I think it was helpful that I had that, but I think again, like the radio aspect showed um, right. a good part of that too. And I know for other people like who worked in like the college newspaper or something like that, that, that mm. shows that they have like kind of like professional skills too at a young age. Right. I think one of the key things you said in that was relevant experience. Like anytime somebody is looking for a job or even us, like when we're looking for maybe to find like interns or other people, like we want to know what have you done in the past that's going right. to help you fit into this role. That's mm -hmm. way more important than like your grades or where you went to school and like all that type of other stuff. Mm -hmm. I think people get really caught up in like my GPA and like the piece of paper of like my degree too much. I think it's really yeah. turning from uh, resume to portfolio. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah, when it comes sure. to like media, digital media, if you want to work in any of those spaces. Yeah, I think like what you said, um, like, because even at my lap, my first job, I was the intern supervisor. So I was like the one looking at people's resumes to see who to hire. And I, right. I don't think I ever looked at the GPA. <laughs> so right. I think that's also like important. I would always look at like, what's the experience? What type? I mean, for me, it was important to bring in like uh, people who don't have as much of an advantage. So I didn't want to bring in students from like NYU necessarily just because I think, you know, they might have an easier time. So for me, it really was like, you know, who can I help out? And But again, I, I don't think I ever looked at the GPA. I... For sure. You heard, it, you heard it here first, people. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, so the next question I kind of want to get into is, I guess, is similar to what we've been talking about. Um, is you And you mentioned it before. Uh, obviously, you have your own podcast. And you've had a lot of experience just in these corporate spaces. Um, but you've also been able to um, do your own podcast simultaneously and kind of produce your own show. And I just wanted to ask you and kind of just bring up the topic. I guess we can just talk about it, uh, just about the future of consumer created content, um, YouTubers, podcasters, people who are or even artists now who are able to make music from their room and, um, make it bigger than any corporation could with any amount of ad dollars just because of its popularity within the culture. Um, I just wanted to kind of bring up that topic and I guess anybody can <laughs> can go for it. If you will, just kind of the future of that space. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, um, I think like in terms of media, we're definitely in a weird transition because I you see everything going to tech so like a lot of with these mm -hmm. media companies they're investing in the streaming platform versus the cable network um, mm -hmm. and there's a lot more flexibility when it comes to streaming versus cable so you know you don't have to mm -hmm. each script doesn't have to hit 22 minutes um, that's right. a hu huge thing compared to Netflix like it could be 22 minute episode 40 minute episode but it's the same show um, and there's a lot of uh, you don't have to meet like standards and practices on like the rating is this TV 14 like there's a lot of things where streaming just allows that equal playing field and, and with these streamers they want more content and 
I think a lot of them are looking at, at people who like are on YouTube and even like you see these people on TikTok who get like mm-hmm. contracts with agents and managers. Yeah. Like it's definitely um it's definitely a shift. Um so I think we definitely are gonna see more creative content because with like tech you can put it on YouTube and you have numbers that say like, hey, this amount of people watch me, this amount of people follow me and that mm-hmm. is very appealing to like a media company that says like okay you're already bringing in the audience Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think we're definitely going to see more user generated content i think that's also why we see these celebrities trying to like i think they're like encroaching on it because like (laughs) like these people don't need yeah like they don't need another youtube channel or like a tiktok or a podcasting like space i feel like they kind of just should just like honestly lead that to actual creatives and actual young people versus like them kind of be trying to be greedy and like monetize it um so that's also something that i hope happens because i think celebrities just need to like kind of get out of our lives a little bit and just let people like create (laughs) (laughs) is my opinion i think so kind of based off what you're saying like one of these big shifts with the technological um revolution really we're seeing more and more stars, but they're not as bright. You might find, you might find hundreds of people now that have millions of followers on Instagram. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. And those people have tangible engagement. That's why they're appealing to all these media and advertising brands. But like the celebrity, is another that's a whole nother thing mm-hmm. it's like it's like let's hit that drink line bro hit that drink line which one it's like, it's like it's just, <laughs> this is fame not clout bro this is fame not clout that's facts you know what i'm saying it was there it was, <laughs> was floating around he got oh, it yeah funny. i always say like there's always a, a there's always lyric relevant to everything like oh there's always, always. For sure. there's always a drake lyric and there's always a spongebob reference relevant yeah, to everything yeah that's so true that's just facts that's just facts facts. (laughs) yeah no that's so true and and i i think um like kind of what you're saying like it's like with these brands we saw the influx of like influencer marketing so it was just like these brands like throwing money at people who had like millions of followers like Kim Mm. kardashian or something and then they realized there's actually no return on that investment because people who follow kim kardashian probably hate follow her or like can't really afford the shit that she's promoting or something like that where it's like a micro influencer actually has engagement with these people so they're more appealing and i think like marketers are trying to like realize that too which is very nice to see because it's like yeah maybe you guys shouldn't be like giving kim kardashian more money to get like a very little return on your investment right i think for sure i think it's so great now that like you can have these people that can master a niche or be a leader of a small like subsector and those can still like they can still thrive and like there's there's so many people that are connected with the internet now that everyone can find their own niche and everyone can have their own following and like that's what i kind of was trying to get to before where before you had the celebrities five ten a hundred people that everyone knows and that's being diluted now it's hundreds of thousands millions of people that have millions of followers and it just changes the whole structure of how everyone creates and interacts with the content that's being put up oh for sure 
for sure. That's a good point. Yeah, I was going to ask you, just because I know you've seen both sides of being able to produce your own podcast, but also producing podcasts for Vice and producing True TV, uh, television shows and, and things like that. Do you feel like the, like, resource, like, there's a vast difference in resources? Um, and I know we kind of touched upon this earlier, just, like, with budgets and celebrities. But just, like, from your experience in, in doing both sides, um, do you feel like there there is that big difference in, in resources? Or do you feel like the creator, the everyday creator, is able to, to compete, basically? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I feel like, especially when you have a network, like, or a big, um, brand, it's definitely a lot more resource resources. So like in terms of podcasting, they have like an ad sales team. So right off the jump, they're already monetizing. Um, they probably have more connection to celebrities. So, you know, they have those partnerships. Um, so I, and you know, even in terms of equipment so they have better cameras and it's going to look more professional they have editors um and mm -hmm. this also is a time thing so it's right. like if i'm just a creator i'm going to have to edit myself i'm going to have to buy the equipment i'm going to have to shoot it myself i'm going to have to promote it myself like that's mm -hmm. so much more so i think it's a mixture of like resources and times that these platforms have that are able to accelerate their success faster and i say that because i don't think you can't accelerate your success it's just it will be more challenging um, right. because you have to do all the work yourself or your small team has to do the work yourself versus like mm -hmm. people are getting paid to actually like, you know, build this brand's podcast or, you know, their marketing team. Um, but I do think there's still a level of like, you know, we still at the end of the day, Instagram is the same for all of us for the most part. Um, I know mm -hmm. there's some features that people have, but for the most part, you know, it is the same um and like youtube is still the same for us so it's an interesting aspect um but i do think it's a little easier when you have like a huge brand or network behind you right for sure um the next thing i wanted to talk about was um networking i think that's something that we harp on all the time and something i like to talk to everybody about um and Recently, we have turned our attention towards LinkedIn um, and just we probably figured that out. What was that? February, March? Yeah. March, we started using LinkedIn and it has been the best thing ever. It was actually, it was how we met you. <laughs> it's, how we're, it's how we're doing this right now. Yeah. Um, just for everybody who didn't know. Um, I'll just... I just want to really want to ask just as far as even LinkedIn goes, um, just like what you have found to be the best ways to connect with people and just some of your practices and, and how you um, retain relationships and, and what you do. Yeah, so LinkedIn is, I think it's actually an undervalued tool because I think a lot of people are just like, oh, it's LinkedIn, like it's just like a waste uh, of time. But sure. I think a lot of recruiters like use LinkedIn. Um, a lot of people like get job opportunities from LinkedIn and I'm a huge proponent of just like messaging people kind of like how you guys did. Um, right. because like, I know there's people like me who like nine times out of 10, I will say yes, just because, um, I've been in like the situation I've been in college and I, 
try to network. So like usually mm-hmm. I try to just say yes to everyone that comes into my inbox. And I've right. also done the same thing where I, I would hope other people say yes. So mm-hmm. part of the reason why I got my job at True is like I actually messaged someone on my team and I was like, hey, I'm applying to this job. And she was very yeah. nice and like referred me for the job and that's how I got the interview. And so I don't know if I would have got the job if I didn't get her referral. And I got that from LinkedIn because yeah. I didn't know anyone in the company. Um, and so going forward, like I also plan to use that tool. I mean, it's a little, it's been a little harder for me for people in tech because I'm trying to go like more in like the tech space. Um, right. And so I think maybe tech people, I'm not sure how they use LinkedIn, but I think media people for the most part, Mm-hmm. It's been a little more generous to me. I don't know if, because my background is in media, so that might be it too. Right. But um, I'm a big proponent on using all your resources. So if you are on LinkedIn and that's the research you have, I say go for it. If you can see like other networking groups, I think you should use that too. And there's a lot of organizations, mm-hmm. especially for young people or college kids, mm-hmm. um, to help them. And I think for me, I feel like when I was in college, I would look at a lot of the people in my class and I I just thought a lot of them honestly were lazy because there's a lot of people who just go through college and they don't do any extracurriculars. They don't really make the best of it. They don't get internships. They don't use LinkedIn. They do like absolutely nothing and they expect like a job or something. And it's just just, straight out of college. Right. Yeah. No, and just like you said before about internships, like we're a big proponent on using every resource you can out of wherever you are. If you're at an institution, if you have family, if you have friends, use LinkedIn. And just because, like, I feel like our experience thus far with LinkedIn, we've been able to talk to. I've been able to talk to every single a person at every single brand that I personally love or that really respect or would want to work that at one day or collaborate with one day. And I think that even though I am able to put many titles on my LinkedIn, because I do a plethora of things, I really think that people respect more the fact that I'm just reaching out as just a human being asking for advice more than trying to, um, I don't know, swindle them into getting or persuade them into getting <laughs> me into the <laughs> into the company. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people, because I I tell people you should message people and they feel like oh no like why would I even be able to you know what I'm saying why would they even want to talk to me at all? And I think the if the message that you get across is that you really just want to learn. Um, I think people really take that to heart and a lot of them are like yourself as you described willing and and wanting to help because they were like you said in that position as well yeah the only time that I say no is when I feel like the message comes off wrong or entitled so like there will be people like hey can you just let me know what opportunities are at Warner Media and it's like exactly exactly this job is thousands of people thousands of positions exactly. like no i'm not just gonna message you right and just job. be like hey yeah i'm gonna I'm get you in yeah. just because right exactly yeah. it's all about it's all about building the relationship exactly yeah relationship. i think that's a that's a um good point because i think if you start off like even with the like girl at true tv we have like the same name but different spelling so i just said like yep 
hey, I love your name, LOL. And then I just went into it. So I think just like mm-hmm. making it more personal, it just right. helps just a lot. making it human. Too. Right, making it human, I think is so important, even further than um, LinkedIn, which is probably the most responsive I've gotten out of a social media as far as DMing people. But Instagram is highly, like through my response rate, is pretty high for just damning people I think are really cool or I really like their page or I want to maybe collaborate with them. Um, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people should take advantage of that. For sure. All right, so we're kind of getting to the end. I think we've had a really good conversation this far. Um, The last two questions I have for you. um, The first one is... What do you believe to be the most important skill that you've been able to learn and apply so far in your life? Oh, wow. That's such a great question. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think actually a great skill is like, um, I guess, self-awareness and like um, looking internally. So I'm not saying not to be like self-absorbed or anything like self-awareness where it's like, what do you know is like your strengths, your weaknesses, what can you put up? What do you actually want to do? And that's actually been super helpful because like going out of college, I was just like, I want like a a great job at a big company or whatever. And then from that experience, I was like, actually the number one thing that's, super important to me is the company culture and so um I went into my second job really looking at the company culture because I knew that was what was more important to me and I also kind of narrowed it down to like I want to do comedy tv Mm. development which is super niche but I knew that that's what I wanted to do so there's a lot of people that will tell you like oh you should just take this job or because I was unemployed at the time so like even my parents were just like they didn't really understand why I like wasn't really like accepting jobs and I was like nope it mm-hmm. has to be like Connie mm-hmm. TV that's the next step right. um and so I'm very happy like I believed in myself and listened to myself because it it did work out in the end um mm-hmm. and I just I just listened to my gut and um I think that's something that I'm, I'm really proud of and that I'm gonna keep trying to do going forward is just listening inside and and kind of blocking out everyone else's views but like really seeing like what's best for me and like going forward with that oh for sure and i think something really important you said within that is that your self-awareness gave you the empowerment to be able to make the decisions that you wanted in Mm -hmm. your life and i think that's that's really important so so you didn't take those jobs that people were just like the ant jobs that you were like oh just so I can say I have a job here, I'll mm-hmm. take it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I think that's that's a really, really good it's, No, it's <laughs> come natural. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's but no, I agree, though. Yeah. Self-awareness is a skill. For sure. Self-awareness is a huge skill. I'd like to ask you just on top of that, for for anybody listening who has never thought of self-awareness as being a skill, um, could you share maybe one or two things that you do as a practice or did as a practice or still do to um, cultivate that self-awareness? Yeah. Um, so a lot of times I will, I'm really big on like goals and journaling and stuff like that. So um, 
when I journal, like, I think about things that, like, you know, I could have learned from a situation. So if that's, like, a relationship ending, a job ending, a friendship ending, like, what what did I possibly do in that situation? What's the um, lesson to be learned here so I don't keep being in the same, um, like, mistake, I guess? Right. Um, no, for sure. And I also think about, like, you know, things that maybe that are necessarily flawed that I can change and um that's not to harp on like yourself and be like these are my flaws but just like you know for me yeah like me two years ago I was just like wow I'm super impatient like it just kind of clicked a lot of times it'll just click and I'm like wow I am incredibly impatient it's actually getting to the point where like I'm just constantly disappointed myself because my impatience and I'm not even like enjoying experiences because I'm super impatient um or like I'll try to do a lot of mindfulness things. So like I will mm-hmm. meditate just to again bring it back to like inner self and inner mm-hmm. awareness and thinking. And um, I, I think that's where people can start is definitely like the journaling and the mindfulness. Um, mm-hmm. I think that can go a long way. And like from there, you'll probably have like small epiphanies where you're like, oh, that was the lesson. Because I think what I see a lot is that. And I'll bring it to relationships because I know a lot of people can relate to this, but like you hear people who like will complain about dating the same type of person that they're always, I'm just like dating fuck boys. And it's just like, there was a reason (laughs) why, like, (laughs) like, you know, like there's always a reason why. Yeah. Like, it's just not magically attracting you. It's like you constantly engage with the same type of person and you're not getting the lesson which is why you're Mm -hmm. constantly in this situation um so i think if people just like step back after each situation it's like like, how can i learn from this they will actually find that they won't keep attracting the same situation the same bad people it it actually does a lot (laughs) right yeah for sure i completely agree um so just we have like maybe like a minute left this is just that last question i wanted to ask um just for anybody that listens to this and and hears your of your background and is interested in what you do um and especially because you've been able to do the corporate and your own type of thing um where have where do you think or where have you found to be the best outlet for knowledge for what you do to yeah, learn that's a, about that's like a your skill question. or cultivate your skill um yeah so I'm not sure because there's a couple of things I've learned both in corporate, um, like being an assistant, my, my boss did like kind of install me, like your job is kind of like to make your boss's job easier. So like, instead of being like, Oh, just, this didn't work. It's like come with the solution, not a problem. And right. that goes a long way. Cause I honestly wasn't doing that for a while until she just sat me down and was like, this is what you have to do. And I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. Um, and then so I think just being in experiences like or jobs like help you learn and like take different skills and with podcasting it's um again helping my patience um and realizing that it's harder than I thought and I'm just not gonna have the resources as like you know Bill Burr's podcast or something um I'm just going to instead of like having a network to bring advertisers to me I'm just going to have to reach out to advertisers so yes that's Mm -hmm. a lot harder and a lot more time consuming but that's just what has to be done 
um, if I'm going to monetize it. So there's things where I'm like, uh, I learn about patients. I learn about um, working with people because a lot of my job is like, I don't have to work with that many people um, in terms of like actual project. So working with the podcast, it's making me a little more aware of like other people and other people's personalities. So that's just, you know, I think just doing what you want to do and being in certain situations just help you learn naturally. And again, being self-aware to like how you can use that experience to like better your future. Well said. Well, thank you very much, Nakia, for being on our podcast. Yeah, no problem. This you was said fun. some very, very great words. I, I really hope everybody listening takes takes heed of of everything you said. It was, it was a really great conversation. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Um, you can go ahead and um, just plug yourself where people can find you if they'd like to reach out or follow you. Yeah. So um, on my personal socials you can find me at kia swinton so that's k-i-a-s-w-i-n-t-o-n on linkedin you can find me nikia swinton just sometimes i use my government sometimes i don't um <laughs> and then <laughs> my podcast is at so-called oreos on all platforms you can just type that in on any podcast platform and we talk about um, what it's like to be labeled an Oreo. So a lot of our experiences just growing up in an all white school and how that's affected the way we think about society going forward and just experiences we've had with um, people labeling you like black on the outside, white on the inside and too white or too black. Um, so I think it's pretty interesting. So totally check it out. Um, but yeah, sure. that's kind of where you can find me. For sure. That's very, very much so uh, topics that, that need to be discussed as far as our culture goes but um yeah thank you very much i just like to recognize you um just lastly just for for being a titan in industry and at your age thinking and being aware of yourself and what you want to do and actually applying it and doing it. it's very very impressive thank you so much i appreciate it no problem all right well we'll talk to you soon and um Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll do the, I'll do the outro after the end. We'll probably just cut it here. But yeah, uh, I'm going to. Thank uh, you, guys. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, for sure. Talk to you later. Bye, Nikki. Bye, bye. Bye.